0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: Hey, welcome. Um, Hang on. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do 20 things at once here. Hello. Uh, Welcome to the show. And forgive me for that uh, clumsy uh, beginning. Um. Who covers, I have a question, who covers a huge and consequential local news story when that huge and consequential local news story concerns the local daily news paper? Well, generally speaking, not the paper. And so we have exactly that situation going on here in Pittsburgh, has been going on for some time, and I'll tell you who covers it. Ryan Dito of Pittsburgh City Paper, the senior writer. He's been doing a lot of coverage of this huge and consequential story here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, because God knows you will not get the news from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Ryan, hi, welcome. Hello.
0: Hi Lynn. Nice hi. To be, nice
1: to be back. It's nice to hear your voice. So I know you have been uh pretty much twenty four sevens uh working and I thank you for taking uh some time out to uh to talk to us. But this yeah, of course this story I you know I want to get a little bit to the protests as well but this story which comes out of the protests here in Pittsburgh following uh the the murder of uh George Floyd what um what is happening at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette I'm just going to give you that big yeah. Oh, Big boy. softball there. Go for it.
0: <laughs> well, so I guess it, it all started uh, during during this protest coverage uh, that had unfolded uh, across the country and in Pittsburgh. And once Pittsburgh started to get its uh, protests related to the death of George Floyd, um, one of the uh, Post-Gazette staffers who is responsible for uh, um, social media and virality and stuff like that uh, tweeted out a just. Just a hilarious tweet about...
1: I, You know what, Ryan? I saw it, I think, almost immediately, and I thought it was so brilliant. I retweeted it almost immediately.
0: I did, too. Yeah. I feel like I was within the first hundred people to retweet it. Me, too. Because there's like 50,000 people now.
1: (laughs) So explain it. I mean, what what was tweeted was uh, scenes from the Kenny, the aftermath of the Kenny Chesney concert uh, here
0: in Pittsburgh. Which, was, which, which, which like, people, if they're aware, is just, I mean, just a shit <laughs> show, to be perfectly honest. Like, there's trash everywhere throughout the parking lot uh, surrounding Heinz yeah. Field, throughout the North Shore. There's just, it's just chaos. It's chaos. It costs the city a ton of money to clean up. Kenny Chesney in a like a fight with the city over 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 covering the cost for it. The city has sued Kenny Chesney, I think, over multiple years um <laughs> over this. It just becomes this this like huge event that like most city of Pittsburgh residents, I would I would argue, including myself, uh hate and uh don't wanna see. And I'm sure there are some city of Pittsburgh residents that attend the show, but it feels like there's a lot that um maybe come from uh, all over the region to attend this massive show. Well, let me,
1: let's make clear, Ryan, Kenny Chesney's audience when he has these concerts is 99.9, if not 100% white.
0: Right. Totally white. Um, Very, very, very uh, exurban or rural or, you know, suburban even. Um, Like I said, probably some, Probably some, you know, city residents, but I would say that's a small minority. But anyway, it just becomes this, like, huge trash event, basically. Yeah. And people, some people, like, uh, people in the city are mad, but it does not get this, like, huge, massive coverage that it's, like, trash again, and people are like, get this guy out of our city. But what happened on May 30th is that after, uh, after the main protest and some protest marchers had continued back downtown, some people unclear if they're related to the protesters or not, started to uh, loot and uh, do some property damage to some, uh, some storefronts downtown, including, like, CBS and uh, some other stuff. Um, I, I think it was, like, maybe five stores or something like that. It wasn't, like, this uh, huge thing, but it was, like, significant.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so uh, Johnson, Alexis Johnson, the staffer at the PG, had kind of tweeted out, Like, oh my gosh, look at this, look at this damage from these looters that is happening. And then she's like, oh wait, no, this is just the Kenny Chesney concert. And it was like the perfect tweet because there were so many people out there that were like, oh no, the looting, the looting, the looting. And the mayor and the, you know, you know, and the chief of police were all talking about how, how terrible this looting was. And it's like, we allow this kind of property damage and this kind of trash to happen every year. Like, and so that's why it was such a great tweet. But what happened is that that tweet, since it went viral, since it has fifty thousand retweets, or which meant, like which
1: that. meant, I mean, it was not just. Uh, even though the we thought it was an inside Pittsburgh joke,
0: right? Fifty
1: thousand really? people retweeting it means it it went way beyond Pittsburgh.
0: Right. Well, you know, you know, and Alexis was smart. She didn't put Pittsburgh anywhere in the tweet or anything like that. No, so she it did not. Really resonated with many cities and many regions across the nation, you know, and that, like, this is, like, a thing that happened. And so it went viral. And uh, then there was news that uh, uh, that reporter, Alexis, I mean, sorry, that staffer, Alexis Johnson, was pulled off of um, any kind of protest coverage for the PG, her editors claiming that uh, she was biased because of this hilarious just hilarious tweet. And um, uh, from there, we, uh, we were fortunate enough, City Paper, myself, were fortunate enough to break that first story. And um, it started to get traction. The uh, union uh, members that represented uh, you know, the PG stood behind Alexis and did a, a viral um, you know, uh, you know, social media protest campaign where they uh, did the hashtag, I stand with Alexis, and basically retweeted the same tweet.
1: Yeah, so you had all these other reporters now at the paper retweeting right. the tweet that right. got her pulled off uh, protest coverage. Right. Now, um, were all those reporters who retweeted it then suspended from protest coverage?
0: So that's what we reported initially. There was one reporter who who uh, who tweeted that out initially saying 110 staffers. That number had been confirmed down by the uh, post Gazette staff. To 82 staffers, and uh-huh. uh, it was it wasn't confirmed by management. But until uh, actually uh, Keith Burris' editorial he just ran yesterday kind of confirms that that those those people who did tweet in protest are also quote unquote biased and 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 have been pulled off of any protest coverage. So it does appear that those those 82 staffers that uh, tweeted in solidarity. With Alexis Johnson, have been pulled off. There, there was also I mean, all this chaos. There was also um, a Pulitzer Prize-winning, um, you know, photographer Michael Santiago, who is also black, like Alexis Johnson, uh, that was pulled off of uh, protest uh, coverage as well uh, for allegedly uh, for uh, speaking out um, against these actions. And all of this has just snowballed. It, it, it's insane. We we covered the first story and we're like, wow, this is a big story. This is going to be a statewide story probably, uh, you know, going out and it just got more and more support as it went along. And it's become a, a massive national story to this point where PBS news hour picked up on it, Washington post, New York times. Um, like almost everybody have picked up on this, on this. And the general,
1: the general tone of the coverage is, do you believe this? This right. woman, yes. This newspaper, Pittsburgh's daily newspaper, pulled black reporters from covering the protest, and I understand even changed some other reporters' hey, reporting.
0: I, I forgot about that.
1: Well, there's a lot I was, happening.
0: I was, yeah, I was, the, I was the first to report on that too. That yes, they had uh, they had changed um, they had. Uh, Removed stories, um, basically, like if you went to the original URL of stories written by Ashley Murray, who is a, a, a PG reporter and a former uh, CP reporter, actually, and Lauren Lee, who is a, um, a relatively new Post Gazette uh, reporter, they had removed stories. One was about a protest march, the other was about city council. Um, considering police, uh, reform, uh, you know, legislation. Both um, protest related, uh, stories. Right. Both, 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 both police brutality related stories. Mm-hmm. And those, those were removed. So if you could go to the URL. It's page not found, basically. Eventually, a few hours later, they were replaced with, uh, new headlines, new, um, new photo, uh, heads, and, um, the report. No bylines. Kind of Right. No bylines in the report. Uh,
2: now, why no would.
1: OK, so that,
0: that
2: why would this.
1: they do that? Why would Burris and, and what, that, Burris being the uh, the, the editor? Well, why, right. why would they wh- what were they doing with that?
0: It appears that this is um what what they do. I, I mean, this what? is an extreme example of totally changing a story after it's already written, uh, which I think a lot of people have said rightly is censorship, Um at least, you know, maybe not government, sun- you know, sanctioned censorship, but by the by the, uh, uh, um, by the the editors, uh, I guess because they just want to shape the thing. Maybe it, it seems like it's almost a pissing match uh, a little bit, like, oh, let's, like, exert our power as editors. We can do this uh, kind of situation. But um, also, also the PG, a lot of more details have come out from former staffers that are saying that Burris and, you know, company – are are guiding editorial coverage in a way away from how the reporters wanted to originally cover stories and make it more uh, more favorable to conservative um, arguments in my, you know, in my opinion.
1: So um, I noted that um, some, I think it was the Allegheny conference. Yeah. Which is hardly a, you know, uh, a lefty or le- no. even liberal no. organization. It's, it's pro-business organization.
0: It's a pro business organization. It's akin to
1: the Chamber of Commerce, right? The Allegheny Conference announced it was pulling a full page ad, which in these times is a nice hunk of change for struggling right. newspapers. They were pulling it from the Post Gazette. And why did they, why did the Allegheny Conference say it was pulling it?
0: It was the same. It it, it was kind of the same reason. It was uh, a a response to the fact that they didn't. They thought that what happened to Alexis Johnson and Michael Santiago was wrong, and uh, they they are asking uh, the Post Gazette to um, reinstate them. Yeah, reinstate them, and so so other racism, basically.
1: Okay, my understanding is is that the Allegheny Conference is not alone. That there are other others.
0: Foundation, um said that it would be pulling ads uh or it would be stopping any ads that it, it usually yeah. uh, has with the posters and i think that includes some other area foundations i think pittsburgh foundation maybe just led that um uh but gen- in people.
1: general pittsburgh foundations are right. not pulling um right. any then, ads yeah. they had and
0: then last night it was announced late um that uh, Giant Eagle is no longer um, going to carry Post-Gazette papers in their stores. Wow. And uh, basically saying the same thing, that, like, we condone racism and we need you to, uh, you know, we need the Post-Gazette to join that. You mean um, we condemn? You said condone. <laughs> we condemn racism. That's a slight difference. Sorry, condemn racism. and uh, Well,
1: that's amazing. Say, I Okay, I'm so... Saying,
3: yeah, so really
1: all this problem. is really hitting uh Mr. Block the owner uh you know
0: right, in a yeah, right
1: on the Block. Yeah. Um they're losing money with their uh anti journalistic uh you know journalism.
0: Right. And, well, so, you know, and they've been claiming the paper for years has already and has already been losing money so yeah. that's making this the situation actively worse.
1: Could this take I mean I, I know the morale there among its uh its staff has been i mean as low as morale can be. This is a hostile working environment for the reporters yep. there. Yep. I yep. cannot imagine what it is like to go to work there
0: no i mean and i've and I've spoken with um some reporters there uh you know, just like on background because they're really upset and they don't think <laughs> they come out quite yet, but they're they're really bare they're, they're extremely upset i I don't know how else to put it like um this is something that um i yeah i couldn't imagine working in an environment like this where you might think that your stories might get pulled after you file them i mean that's insane like um mm-hmm. and uh, this but it's also a hard working environment for journalists it's not like you can quit and find a, and easily find another job right now you know um, well you
1: know what happens in cases like this whether even the reporter knows it or not the danger is with this kind of intimidation from management that you start to self censor
0: right yeah, because you might just not even have to deal with the situation. Right. You might just yeah. have to softer so that you know it's going to get through this, like, gauntlet that is PG management, right. you, you know, editorship. And that is terrible. And, and and you know, to all the audience out there, I just want to remind that like, the, the staff at the PG is top-notch. They win Pulitzer Prizes. So I know people don't want to read them anymore, and I totally understand why, but, we got to figure out, we, and I mean, as Pittsburgh as a whole, we got to figure out a situation in which that staff is preserved and, 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 and arguably the paper is preserved somehow, but um, it, it, it's just a really tough situation, you know, uh, because we can't, ha- we can't not have a large daily like the post Gazette and the Trib is not going to grow. They recently been, you know, the Trib has also been tricking during this time because of COVID and because of everything, their page views are up, but their staff isn't growing. Our staff isn't growing anytime soon. Here, <laughs> we're also no, of, of course not. Of, you know, Listen, you I've
1: know, been at, I asked at the beginning, who covers? How do Pittsburghers know about this story? Um, is has television news, as far as you know, local TV news?
0: Yeah, I believe they eventually picked up on it. Um, not not like initially. I think it was after maybe. Um, the City Paper's second or third story before they picked up on it. Um, KDKA,
1: but they have a
0: relationship with the Post-Gazette. Oh, right. I, did, I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, yeah, KDKA it uses it. There's a relationship, of so, a business right, they have that relationship.
0: They have a, partnership. they have a partnership, right. And so it's... it's how,
1: yeah. I got to tell you, this is... Um, it's something. I don't know. And I see... Yeah these tweets from people who say i don't want to give any money to block and burris but right. i don't want that, to i is. don't want to hurt the reporters what can right. i do
0: here's the thing about it right now is that let's just take the block uh, claim at face value and, uh, and 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 say that the paper is losing money which other people are saying too so yeah. you're technically not you're technically not giving the block money because he's losing money in this, you know, ownership of PG that money is arguably directly going to the reporters, uh, that work there. So I would say keep your subscription because, um, your money isn't going into the profit of block Communications. They get all their profits allegedly from, uh, from their TV stations and their radio stations that they own across the country. Right. But, but they apparently don't make any money on the post-gazette. So, um, there has to be a better way to protest i think than than like canceling and not reading the is there any
1: is there i just had an night. is there anywhere where a community has has purchased <laughs> a paper in <laughs> um, other words, could the city could yeah. we the people purchase this newspaper
0: i'm i I obviously I like I can't say for certain. I'm sure that there are some places that are a community newspaper. I would say that they're extremely small towns, you know? Uh Like um I I doubt um Well maybe
1: with some foundation I, I help totally, that's a, maybe with some foundation help that's the that's I mean it's thinking outside the box, but maybe right. that's a
0: possibility. the possibility. Foundations already I mean like I mean yes, I totally agree that foundations should do it, but the foundations are, are already give to a lot of media like public sources basically run right, uh, right. you know, right. on foundation money. God. And uh, you know, foundations give to W E S A, which is non profit government uh, you know, affiliated. Right. Um uh, you know, or, or, you know, uh, media yeah. company. So, um, yeah, I mean, that would be that. Maybe, maybe that is a solution. You um, would think
1: Block might want to get
0: rid of this headache. It, You know, I don't, I don't know, yeah,
1: especially it if it's, it's not making him any money. money. The
0: thing about Block is that he can get rid of the headache by firing Burris and demoting Karen Kane. Like, you know, like. Yeah, but th-
1: the they're doing his bidding. Why would he do that?
0: Because I mean, it's I, 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 bad PR at this point that it's going to lose even more money. He has to yeah. make a business, in, right? Well, so. I don't
1: think what your my set. I, we have a caller. We should let the caller in. And okay. and by <laughs> caller,
3: are you there?
2: Hey guys, it's Kristen from Beaver Falls.
3: <laughs> Hello, <laughs> <tomato-ridden>.
2: Kristen. <laughs> Not Hi. really, just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, I was wondering if you two could. Uh, help me out with something here because I, I understand journalism, but I'm failing to see where Burr has a point with what he did. Because if you look at Twitter, Twitter is not a journalistic piece, it is not anything that is to be taken as such. And mm-hmm. someone who would write an opinion on Twitter. How does that equal to bias in reporting that hadn't even been done at that point? Right. It wasn't a published... She she wasn't opining in a published piece or showing bias in a published piece. So I failed to see where he was going with this. Right. Right. Right.
0: right. I so, mean, I... I... I totally agree with you. I don't. I don't think there's any bias shown by Johnson uh, in her tweet. I think that's a bullshit claim. Uh, Lynn. Absolutely.
1: Well, and in fact, I want to say. I mean, you could say there was nobody better suited to cover, uh, to bring uh, life experience to coverage of of what is happening now than than Alexis Johnson. She comes right. from a family. She's 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 black. She comes from a family. That is filled with law enforcement uh people, her father is a state trooper or was a state trooper i mean right. you can't that is somebody who clearly then would have some sense of uh of both sides um, What she tweeted was clearly a joke, a very funny uh observation um and I have to tell you, newspapers and TV stations have pushed their reporters to have presences on social media.
0: That's what gets me the Francis's most. Job. That's literally yes. her job, is to have yes. a good social media presence. That, that, that is her actual job at the PG. So the for social her, media. the viral right. tweet is insane. They should, be, they, should get, they should have given her a bonus. <laughs> yes, get that viral of a tweet. Right. <laughs> like, it's just not right. their job.
2: When and, and I'm content. sorry, but Burris's letter yesterday was just nothing but smoke and mirrors and gaslighting, and it just made me so angry to even read it.
1: Yeah, it that's was just, it, incoherent. I thought, but
2: I'll yeah, tell you it, what, it, my 18 it. year old can write something more thoughtful, and you <laughs> know, <laughs> it's just it blows my mind. But yeah. Thank you guys hey, thank so much you. for the clarity there. I was I was thinking maybe I had something wrong in my train of thought, so I thought I'd ask two journalists.
1: <laughs> well, no, we're 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 uh, absolutely in agreement with your with you. Thanks, okay. Kristen.
2: Thanks. Have a good Appreciate one, guys.
1: Nice. You too. You too. I don't know. Uh, what do you? What's your sense of um, the mental health? I'm not kidding you of Mr. Block. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, to be, I can't speak to his mental health, but I can say that uh, I've talked to a lot of people about it. I've done a ton of reporting on The Post to that. I've talked to a lot of people who've worked personally with Block, either on or off record. And, um, yeah, he just doesn't seem to really grasp or understand how newspapers work. He doesn't, um, I mean, that's pretty much shown by some of his editorial. He doesn't make many editorial choices, but when he does, it's always like, uh, wrong. Hey, can you cover the, you know, Kentucky Derby party or something? <laughs> can you, like, I mean, he just doesn't seem to really understand how media works. And, um, he has no confidence from any people that have worked closely with him. I'll say that a lot of people have no confidence in his ability to, um, guide and run a successful newspaper, or successful media company. So, um, yeah, he just doesn't seem to understand or grasp it. I've heard Alan Block, his brother, is a little bit, has a little bit more savvy in those departments, but, um, he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of confidence either. Uh, uh, so that's, that's kind of what has happened with Block. I think.
1: Well, the impact on, uh, on the city of Pittsburgh, on, uh, the ability of its, uh, have been, you know, stepping up as much as you can, but as you put it, we, you're a, you know, we, are such a small little staff compared that's to,
0: small. yeah. We're not even one tenth of even, one tenth of the size of what the editorial department at the PG is
1: like, et, and that's a decimated editorial
0: department. I mean, that's, we're we're, 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 we are so small last week. I don't even know how many hours I worked. I worked so much because yeah. I had two large stories. I had, the protest coverage before all the, um, you know, PG stuff happened. And then I was covering and assigning out stories uh, about, you know, the PG. And it's just, it's impossible. It is impossible for an all-weekly. I I appreciate all the praise. It is amazing how much praise that the CP has gotten over this last week. And I love it personally. Well, there's a
2: great deal of
0: gratitude. A
1: great deal of gratitude for the job you're doing.
0: And it feels really great, but I'm also a realist, and there's no way that the CP can take over anything that the you know Post Gazette does. Even if we were to grow, which we can't do right now because there's no ad revenue, <laughs> like to do so. Even if we could, we would have to grow tenfold. We'd be a totally different paper. We are an alternative. We all We are an alternative weekly. That means we would cover the alternative news that doesn't get as much coverage. That's why we provided a different narrative about the protests that happened on Monday. That's why we cover other media because other media is usually, um, um, not as uh, willing to cover, uh, you know, other media companies. That's what our role in Pittsburgh is. And I love that, that we do that, but without the post-gazette and especially with a shrinking trib, um, it's just not. It's just not. It's not feasible. We need those daily papers. We absolutely need them. I wish they were bigger than they already yeah. are. There's already a ton of yeah. stories that are, you know, have gone missing.
1: I can't imagine what we're missing. I, I can't imagine, and it, it frightens me.
0: So I, mean, yeah.
1: I want to. I, I just want to move on a little bit to. Yep. Um, wait, we have another call. Let's let the caller in before I somewhat pivot here. Caller, go ahead.
3: Good morning, Lynn and, uh Ryan. This is Ella from Penn Hills. I want to thank you for your article uh, on KDKA. One thing I want to say about, I didn't get to read this last article, but on the, the original post-office, on uh, the Post-Gazette, it says, show people the light and they will find a way. And I think that's exactly what Alexis and Santiago did. They, they showed a the light on something and let the people decide what, what it was. Right, so, right. You now, my co- comments on the KDKA. At one time, KDK was a wholesome uh, radio station. Yes. one For example, Bob Logue would always end his uh, program with "God loved you, and so do I." Chris <laughs> Moore always wants to have a conversation with his uh, listeners. Right. Uh, also, along with Lynn Hayes Freeland, they they want to engage in uh, conversation. If people build your I learned this back in in the eighties. People build your consciousness, and what 's happening everything that they 're talking about is going to your mind when it should be going to your heart first, and then you decide you you start creating ideas, but that 's not the way k to it, k it's falling down they 're pushing their agenda on the uh listeners they listen well you know
1: stop and think of what you're saying, Ella, because I absolutely agree with you. Two okay. of the steadfast institutions, media institutions in this city, KDKA Radio, that 50,000-watt okay. blowhard, and and the Post-Gazette, um, are both now in the clutches of Trump-loving right-wing ownership.
0: Right. right. And,
3: and in the article, you... you in the article, Lynn, you mentioned that that that's what the listeners want to listen to. It it goes right to their their mind because that's that's well. All
1: I I I I don't, I don't. They're losing listeners left, right, and center. Ryan, didn't you do a piece saying that? Right. I, I was stunned by this because when I was on radio, I mean, KDK was always number one in the ratings. You couldn't beat them because they have a bigger reach, a bigger signal. A, Uh, They were just bigger, bigger, bigger. And in the ratings now, that once mighty KDK is what, Brian, did you say coming in like number 10?
0: Yeah. Like, um, up until very recently, they appear to get what I would call coronavirus bump. Um, that Uh, uh, happened in April where they moved back up to number two, but, but, but but before that, before that month, months and months before that, they were consistently more at nine and 10 and, uh, So I think there is a a coronavirus news bump for radio stations. People, why why would people listen to sports radio right now? There's literally nothing going on, you know. Yeah, true. uh, Which is which is normally sports radio is much higher in Pittsburgh. It's usually in the top five consistently. Um, So there appears to be that sports radio is dropping and KDK is going up. But yes, consistently for a while, KDK radio was flailing, and they 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 seemingly taken on a strategy to encourage right wing commentary uh devoid of community news um, that uh, is also kind of leaving a huge void, so yeah, I think Lynn, you bring up a really good point that you have these two massive institutions the Post Gazette and KDK radio that were known for doing just outstanding uh, community based news reporting right. and uh, KDK radio is now going the uh, fox News, um, you know, right. uh, you know format that yeah that
1: that and, template, and yeah. the Post Gazette is yeah is following suit. I mean, it, it, with yeah. its with its ownership and its um and
0: its opinion yeah. content. And, and, and just to say that, like CP for all the good work that we're doing, and I'm so proud of our staff. We cannot pick up the slack. It's impossible. No, it is okay. impossible for us to do so. Right,
3: Ella. Thank That's you fine. so
1: much. It was a great call.
3: Well, finally, I just want to make a, a two quotes Diana Ross saying reach out and touch someone make this world a better place and Shania Twain find yourself a and forever you will dream
1: all right Ella, thank, That's you. All. Sure <laughs> thank all. you those quoting great philosophers there um, but you can't reach out and touch somebody now right we gotta, there's we a, gotta, a we coronavirus
0: gotta we gotta get
1: that vaccine <laughs> <laughs> Um Ryan, I know you got a lot of work to do. Let me just uh, pick your brain real fast about yeah. the protest movement here um, uh, it It has been uh, incredibly impressive. I joined one march that was in my neighborhood, and I was blown away by um, the the seriousness of the marchers, the attentiveness to the speakers. Um, the uh, care that they took not to uh, litter, yes. <laughs> and the organization of it. I, I was really, I mean, you know, I've been on a number of protests in my 70-plus years, and that was impressive. The- and I'm wondering, will the, this continue? How can they sustain this it's kind
0: like- of a presence? Right. It feels like this time it really is different. And they, they are maintaining right. it. I mean, it's incredible. Like, uh, we we had a talk editorially yesterday about, like, wow, like, there's another protest. It's like, well, we only have a small staff. We have a ton of other stories to do. Like, do we, do we go out and cover every single one? We finally decided. We're like, well, we can't cover every single one. There's so many of them. There's too many of them. <laughs> was
1: and, there one yesterday? It was the one day I didn't hear helicopters over my neighborhood. But
0: I, I, I believe there was one in Monroeville. I don't know if it was. Oh, uh, yes, there was. Yes. Maybe that was Tuesday and not yesterday. But, yeah, I'm not uh,
1: sure. Yesterday seemed like a quiet day.
0: I'm not it sure. Might been, it, it might have been a quiet day. There's, uh, there's more, but there's more action today. Uh, I believe uh-huh. we're covering one at Alderdice um, that some students uh, had organized. I believe there's a bike ride that some cyclists mm-hmm. are doing um, in support. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's incredible. The numbers are incredible the sustaining nature of them is incredible. I, I, we, you know, we covered the protest after the Antoine Rose uh, shooting. Yes. And, um, and, and also after the verdict, um, uh, the acquittal of Michael Roth uh, sorry, his shooter. And, um, believe after the shooting, we had four days of pretty intense protesting, but we've had something like 12 days or yes. something like that. For this, and this this event didn't happen in Pittsburgh, so um, this is this is where the I think the protesters are. um, There, there's definitely more of them. It's not just one or two organizations that are bringing everybody together. It's a ton of organizations that are doing it. The protesters are overwhelmingly young. These are it's amazing. These are young people. They are finally finding their voice. Some of these same people were at the Antoine Rose protest, but there are way more now. And, um, there seems to be a huge shift in, um, you know, public perception about this stuff too. Exactly. This, is a, this, this really, if this continues to sustain and we've already seen huge results, there's already been huge results with incredible um,
1: results some- every day. Something else happens when NASCAR, mm-hmm. when NASCAR. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I mean, this used NASCAR said no more <laughs> Confederate flags, which is like, okay, why were they even having them in the beginning? But still, that's still a no. huge result, right? And well, because
1: NASCAR came out of the South. That is, right, that is their, yeah, that's where it came out of, right, Talladega right, right, and all that. That's right, their big right, track. Right, the southern Fort, for sure. It's the southern yes. Force, yeah. And for NASCAR to realize, okay, this is a moment where, I mean, we finally may be about to win the Civil War. It, it,
0: it, 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 they, this is incredible, the, the things that are happening. The... Um, taking down of Confederate statues yeah. the uh, the places banning Confederate flags like right. we're, like this um, uh, also 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 there's another thing like cops the TV show got canceled like, Yeah, I, I just have to say I just have to say that cops the TV show was one of the most destructive was one of the most destructive TV shows ever to be put on television it Well it, it
1: glorified it, police uh, brutality
0: right and it glorified police brutality it, it, it did the opposite to um, people who were alleged criminals. These people are all alleged criminals on that show. They might not even be charged. It's just like there were 43 people that were arrested or 44 people that were arrested downtown during the first protest slash looting, whatever you want to call it. Um, 39 of those charges were dropped. By wow. You know, like, let's talk about this. Like these, these, these are huge things. And so there is huge movement. You know, you have a lot of municipalities that are thinking seriously about doing police reform, including Pittsburgh. And and, and so um Okay, um, I want to ask you a question
1: there. I and, yeah. and, and I'm gonna let you go. Our police chief here seems yeah. to have generally handled this uh, you know, in a public relations way rather well. Um the mayor had the misstep of trusting what he was told by the police about what happened at uh, another demonstration in in East Liberty um, and has taken some heat. But overall, what's your sense of where the the city leadership and the police leadership here um, are? And
0: is it conceivable there could be uh, true change? I think I think right now it is conceivable, but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to keep it up. I mean, protesters are gonna have to keep it up. They're gonna have to keep putting pressure because you have some councilors uh, who are introducing legislation. But it does it you know we don't know how the mayor feels about it. The mayor has kind of signaled that he did screw up, but he's definitely not signaling I'm ready to like totally change everything,
2: which is mm-hmm. it's
0: just, it's honestly a little confusing, I think, to, you know, some really inside observers, because the FOP hates Peduto. <laughs> like, they hate his guts, And so, it's so weird to, um uh, you know, kind of, well, like, worry about how they think about him, you know? And, um, Well, the uh, FOP is the biggest problem, obviously. Oh, of course. Like, have you seen the videos of the, um, NYPD police union, yes. you know, doing this bloody bullshit. Like, you know, right. um, this, 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 we, I mean, personally, like my opinion is that there is a cultural issue around police forces in America that this is why it's so hard to get them to uh, do any kind of serious reform because, right. because of shows like cops, honestly, because of shows like, um, uh, you know, and, and also because of the power police unions have. And um, it's just, it's, but it's incredible that, like, this is a time when, like, it's actually happening. It didn't happen after Antoine wrote. Like, no. There,
1: there it didn't any- ever happen. It's happening now. And I mean, this is a most extraordinary time. And, and, and I, who is, am an inveterate pessimist, have found myself feeling some hope as I look I at this young leadership uh, coming up and their passion, and essentially the torch being passed to the, a younger generation right. that and maybe the that,
0: since, since they're showing up in force yes. uh, right now, some leadership realized that if we scorn these people, they're done. They will never, they will yeah. never support us, right? And that means total change. We might be on the precipice, and as a millennial, I can just say, Thank, please God, let this happen. Let I know, you know I'm on the precipice yes. of, of some huge change. Of some we might be change.
1: I've well, let's mind. not get ahead of ourselves. But I hear your prayer, and I and may it go from your lips to God's ears. And I, I too, I totally agree. Listen, I let you go. I have a few other things I got to do, and there's no reason yes. to hold you up because you got to go find your bike. <laughs>
0: I might have I might have a friend who might be uh, lending me a uh, um, a uh, uh, sorry giving me one of his uh, backup bikes. So uh, um, I think I might be in the clear, but uh, I think the bike is gone. But that's okay. It happens. You know that one of our listeners wanted to help
1: buy you one.
0: I know. I, I I don't think I responded to you yet. I I I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. But I can afford a new bike. I'm you know I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a good spend thrift. Guy. I can get a new bike. I appreciate it. Um, okay. Tell them, tell them, you know, tell them to give to these movements. Tell them to give to yeah. uh, um, some of these things in my honor. That would be, I would appreciate that. Oh uh, wow! You know, for sure, that would that would make me a lot more happier than um, I, you know, I can always get a new bike. I can, uh, you know. Okay.
1: Yeah. You're the best, Ryan, and I'm I'm oh, proud of you. you and the work that you and everyone else on the staff is doing. Uh, take care of yourself.
0: Thank you, Lynn. Thanks for having me on, and uh, okay. yeah.
1: Keep it up. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Guys, I wanted to um uh tell you, uh inform you about something and I do we have this posted on the face our Facebook page because it's too much information for me to, to give to you, but it's it's an opportunity for young people. And um I'm I'm not kidding myself that there's a bunch of young people listening right now, but I do know that a lot of you have young people in your in your lives. So let them know that the August Wilson Cultural Center is doing its third annual summer youth writers camp. And it is all online this year, but this is an incredible opportunity for kids who want to write, want to know more about how you get your voice on paper uh, and the the gentleman who teaches this is a poet and teacher here in Pittsburgh uh he his poetry is has been honored for its excellence his name is Cameron Barnett and he'll be doing the teaching and he'll be using August Wilson obviously as a gateway into how one writes so everything this year is abbreviated and online um the the registration is free And it's open to students ages 11 to 15. That's a little bit of a window, 11 to 15. And uh, it sounds like an extraordinary... I wish I were 11 to 15. Um, Check it out on our website or check it out at the August Wilson Center's website because you have to register online and give them contact information so they can get in touch with you, okay? Okay uh so a c c august uh, um august wilson african american center african american center cultural center Jeez, august oh never mind you'll find it just you'll find it i just had to get that um out uh to you it was important um and uh a, a few other uh things um Okay. Oh, something that's good for a chuckle in these times. Um, in case you missed it, the White House yesterday actually sued or sent a cease and desist letter. I don't know if that's the same thing to uh, CNN. And uh, the cease and desist letter uh, was about the fact that CNN had published, well, had on its news uh, spoken of a poll in that showed uh, Joe Biden ahead of Donald Trump by 14 uh, percentage points. The White House reaction to that was to send a cease and desist letter to CNN calling the poll phony and a stunt and saying it tries to stifle the momentum and enthusiasm for the president and present a false view of the actual support across America for this president. Trump, They're demanding a retraction of the poll whose numbers they don't like. Now, in the cartoon world that we are inhabiting here, I guess that doesn't get a lot of attention, but just so as you know. And as an addendum... Uh, We were speaking yesterday about uh, Trump's new favorite uh, network, which would be One America News Network, which is also um, Vladimir Putin's uh, favorite network in the United States and which actually employs uh, some of Putin's uh, uh, disinformation uh, fellows um, as television reporters. And on Wednesday, that would be yesterday, The chief executive of One America, Robert Herring, let the White House know, and I'll I'll quote it, One America will be releasing a poll concerning the 2020 presidential race. It looks as though it will be in favor of Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what a fascist state looks like, okay? These intimidation tactics from on high to legitimate news operations, the growth of illegitimate propagandist organizations who will give Der Fuhrer what he wants And I just want it made clear that that is what's happening here. I know that's like a word you're not supposed to use, but uh, Robert Reich, the former uh, uh, labor secretary, said this, uh, I believe, yesterday, too. I have held off using the F word for three and a half years, but there's no longer any honest alternative. Trump is a fascist, and he is promoting fascism in America. Others, I'm so sure he's a fascist. Someone else who's written books on fascism um, uh, said this, um, whether or not he is capable of actually grasping the concept Trump is performing fascism. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to let you know historically fascist movements harden into fascist regimes when given the opportunity and here's where the opportunity comes in. Here's where it came in in Germany and here's where it's trying to come into the United States. It can get a foothold and actually take over a government when the Enfeebled conservative elites. This is, read, Republican Party. When the Republican Party trying to cling to power resorts to bringing in an outsider who can rile up their base. Now, you know, a history book about how Hitler rose to power. And it is, you see, and you wonder why, what has happened to the Republican, what the hell? They know, as they look at the young people in the streets and the young leadership, that their days are close to finished. And you can't believe they're not, like, moving in a direction where they might be able to retain power. They don't see a way to do that. So they've thrown in their lot with this outsider who has now taken over their party and whether he knows it or not, because he's just a natural fascist. His personality is a fascistic personality. George Orwell, who is the go-to guy on how language is used and what words mean and how they resonate. George Orwell once looking for a synonym for fascist said the closest he could come to is bully. The use of the national guard and the military, by the way, I don't know if you've seen that uh, speaking of the use of the military um the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, who was seen in his uh, fatigues uh, marching behind the president after Lafayette Park had been uh, violently cleared of peaceful protesters uh, so that the president could walk over um, and hold a Bible up in front of a church. Uh, General Milley, it has been said by those close to him, has been in agony. That was a quote. Uh, Ever since, and somehow his agony has only now uh, come out in a public fashion, and he has um, said he was wrong. He apologizes for taking part in that stunt. He maintains, and I suspect it's true that he didn't know what, where they were going. He, he was led to believe. And here's what happens all the time that, that people around him who are being used for props are not really told. He thought he was being asked to go out and review the guard troops. Well, that's what he says. I'm willing to actually cut him a break and, and, and believe that. Um, um, Speaking of those National Guard troops, that was the the D.C. National Guard. And reporting uh, today in the, uh, I believe it was in the New York Times, say that, speaking of agonizing, members of that National Guard that were used to help clear Lafayette Park are just beside themselves. They are ashamed. They are so embarrassed. One soldier uh, said that he and other troops were so ashamed that they took part in that action that they have not told any family members or any friends One said, it's a very tough conversation to have when a soldier turns to me and they're saying, sir, you know, my cousin was up there. He was just yelling at me. That was my neighbor. You wanted me to push. That was
2: my best friend from high school.
1: That is a quote from Lieutenant Jenkins Bay, who is African-American, as many of those National Guard troops were, and I don't know that they will so readily follow orders again. And did you see that Joe Biden, when asked, does he worry about the election being stolen, he said it's his greatest worry. He was asked, does he worry about if he wins, Trump refusing to leave the White House. He says, yes, I've considered that. And then Biden said something to the effect of, I, I'm sure that the military will escort him. And this, I have to um, read it to you. This is from, who is it? It's uh, uh, Dana Milbank. And I'm sure you, as uh, anybody, when you heard that Trump was, first of all, even considering giving a national address on uh, racism in America, um, and then on top of it it was being written by uh you know, his uh Herman Hess, uh uh Stephen Miller. Uh you can't believe it. So anyway, Dana Milbank said uh well one of the funniest lines is he said, uh, you know, having this white nationalist, Miller, write this speech. He says, this is bound, says Milbank, to raise a Fuhrer. And he doesn't spell it (laughs) F-U-R-O-R. He spells it (laughs) F-U-H-R-E-R. This is bound to raise a Fuhrer. (laughs) Then he says, but Miller doesn't need to write a thing. Trump has already given his remarks on race many, many times. And here they are. And all of what I'm about to read, are Trump's own words on race. Ready? This is our president on the current state of race in America. I have a great relationship with the blacks. I've always had a great relationship with the blacks. Oh, look at my African American over there. Look at him. Nobody has ever done for the black community what President Trump has done. My administration has done more for the black community than any president since Abraham Lincoln. George Floyd is looking down right now and saying, this is a great thing that's happening for our country. It's a great day for him. Diamond and Silk, you're so great. Thank you, Kanye. Thank you. Frederick Douglass is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job and is getting recognized more and more, I notice. Think of this. Blacks for Trump. Black voices for Trump. African Americans for Trump. Call it whatever the hell you want. I have a group of African American guys and gals, by the way, who follow me around, and they think I pay them, and I don't. You know, a well-educated black has a tremendous advantage over a well-educated white in terms of the job market. If I were starting off today, I would love to be a well-educated black because I believe they do have an actual advantage. Sadly, because President Obama has done such a poor job as president, you won't see another black president for generations. To the African-American community, I say, what the hell do you have to lose? You're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth unemployed. Last in crime, last in this, last in home ownership, last in the economy, lowest wages. Our inner cities are a disaster. You get shot walking to the store. They have no education. They got no jobs. Wouldn't you love to see some of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a bitch off the field now? And why is so much money sent to the Elijah Cummings district when it's considered the worst run and most dangerous anywhere in the United States? No human being would want to live there. A disgusting rat and rodent infested mess. And Congressman John Lewis should spend more time on fixing and helping his district, which is in horrible shape and falling apart, not to mention crime infested. Why do we need more Haitians? Why are we having people from all these shithole countries come here? We should have more people from places like uh, uh, Norway. Can you handle any more? Because it goes on and on and on and on and on. It does. I can't. I can't. I can't anymore. Ah. Oh. So I saw something here that I did want to retreat. As I say that, what President Trump has uh, said on uh, race in America, some, I just I was a little teeny bit, if you want more, check Washington Post, Dana Milbank. Um, as I speak, the President of the United States, understandably, is holding a meeting at the White House with black leaders. Well, it's about time. Let me read uh, the names of some of the black leaders who he's invited, okay? Wayne Dupre, host of the Wayne Dupre show. Raynard Jackson, Sonny Johnson, host of Sonny's Corner. Lawrence Jones, Host and contributor Fox News, Pastor Daryl Scott and Kareem Lanier. Who the hell is? Do you recognize any of those names? <laughs> and then it turns out a little. You look. One of them, the Wayne Dupree. He's a right-wing Sandy Hook and Parkland conspiracy theorist. Sonny Johnson, he,
0: uh, homophobic
1: pizza shop that wouldn't serve gays. So, I mean, it is a real who's who of, um, uh, of black leadership. God almighty, you cannot Make it up incredible. Okay, let's see what we got here. Little Tony says it was nice to hear Ryan on the show. I missed his weekly visits with you. Hope he'll be a regular again. Well, I think what we decided, you know, Lisa Cunningham, the um, the uh, editor of uh, executive editor of City Paper. Um, first of all, as Ryan was saying, they are so overwhelmed right now that, and, and Ryan is the chief writer, that he can't. I mean, there are times when, when, you know, he can take some time and when we can you know focus on a specific uh topic then he'll be on inasmuch as another reporter might be able to then they'll be on but we just can't i mean it it ain't going to happen now these are changed times um, oh this is interesting um a friend has sent me an email that she wrote to the Heinz endowments on Saturday and their response. And apparently this addresses the suggestion I made, um, about the foundations, maybe getting the newspaper. So here's what my friend wrote. Well, okay. Um, she wrote, I woke up this morning to learn that the PG has continued its path of censoring voices when they conflict with the aims of its ultra-conservative ownership. Um, censorship is always... Th- and she, then she posts uh, something from the, um, the union president there, the guild's uh, president, uh, Michael Fuoco. And then she said, where he's talking about the censorship of their of their reports. Uh, My friend Mary goes on to say, censorship is always a threat to democracy, but especially now in these dangerous, turbulent times, censorship is particularly threatening to those most vulnerable among us. The Heinz endowments has a stellar history of stepping up to rescue our cities, floundering industries, pumping money, ideas and new life into business sectors that would otherwise perish. Is there any industry more vulnerable and more important to equity and social justice than a free press? Isn't the news industry ripe in this city for some help? May I suggest that the Heinz Endowments work with other Pittsburgh foundations to grow and support a free press in Pittsburgh? We are blessed with amazing, talented journalists who continue to persevere under the increasingly difficult and oppressive work environment at the Post Gazette. We are also blessed with passionate invigorated young people in our community who would jump at the chance to work under the tutelage of such experienced journalists. Social justice is utterly dependent on the amplification of the voices and stories of the disenfranchised, the neglected, the oppressed, and the vulnerable. We need a daily newspaper unencumbered by political motivation that seeks to snuff out those voices and stories. Please consider using the enormous benevolent power of the Heinz Endowments to address these vital issues. That's a wonderful letter, MB. Thank you. The answer is very short. Uh, but it is from a Carmen Anderson at the Hounds, Hines uh, Endowment. Good morning and thank you. Our organization has been following this issue. I will share your timely question with colleagues. You raise an important issue for consideration. Way to go! See? See? some of the rest of you could uh jump uh on uh board and give uh my friend MB some uh some some cover there a little more yeah the Heinz endowment uh Pittsburgh foundation all these people need to hear from us that yeah they've stepped in in a lot of situations in fact they stepped in and saved the August Wilson center i was just And all the wonderful programming that comes out of there. Well, I think uh, the arguments made by uh, Mary M.B., Mary Beth, are, uh, wow, strong. Strong. And you could follow up and do the same. I'll just stay here and bloviate. Uh, Let's see, the 173 cases. Um, Okay, today's uh, COVID report shows an increase of 21 cases since yesterday um, and an increase of one additional death um and uh just in that line i want to share some information with you um as you know uh we've got increasing cases in many states uh we in the northeast uh took it on the chin in the initial stages of this pandemic but now alaska arkansas florida arizona north carolina south carolina All those states are seeing jumps of more than 40% in the last week. We've reached another milestone nationally. Two million Americans are now infected and have been infected. Uh, And to get from one million Americans infected to two million Americans infected took just 44 days. The outbreak has killed more than 112,600 Americans. And as I said, cases rising now in 21 uh, states, many of them states that uh, hadn't been quick to in any way close down and were incredibly quick to uh, open up. And I just wanna say that um, Again, people thinking that because we're in a green phase uh, means that you can go back to your life. Um, Don't kid yourself and uh, continue to be very vigilant and very careful or we'll see You know, somebody is saying, oh, well, this is like a, this is this, what's happening now is like the second wave. No, it's not the second wave. We are still very much in the first wave. We're probably now in the third inning. And so people who are just deciding, oh, well, I guess that's that. We did that. Good. Don't kid yourself.
3: Oh. oh, my
1: God! Barbara just sent me a piece from the Atlantic. Jeez, Walmart. Yeah. Um, is this the Atlantic? No, it's not the Atlantic. It's uh, it's Ezra Klein um, on Vox. Okay. And the headline is, America is changing and so is the media. And again, he's suggesting something's happening here. To quote an old song from another turbulent time, something's happening here. Um, But I just happened to quickly look at the first two paragraphs. Wow. And his piece, I guess, is about how the media is changing. Let me just read the first little bit to you that I happen to see. In January 1939, The Atlantic published an article titled, I Married a Jew. In it, the author set out, quote, to tell the world how it really is between a Jew and Christian, since the world is evidently so intensely interested she then confesses that her husband though lovely in many respects quote still has the jewish hypersensitivity toward all criticism of his race she says that she frequently tries quote to see things oh she admits that she frequently tries quote to see things from the nazis point of view and to find excuses for the things they do, only to be met by the hurt confusion of my husband. She goes on to argue that Jews, quote, must make some practical and and rational efforts to adapt their ways more graciously to the Gentile pattern, since they prefer to live in Gentile lands, end quote. She confesses that, quote, our hottest argument concerns the question whether there exists such a thing as a Jewish problem, end quote. And that's the Atlantic, 1939. And Ezra Klein says, the obvious corollary is that no reputable news outlet, least of all The Atlantic, would publish any such piece today. An editor would read the words, it is only when Ben is surrounded by his family that he lapses into Jewish ways, and then no doubt because of his early Jewish training. In 1939, the ideas in I Married a Jew were in the sphere of legitimate controversy that a legitimate journal would print. In 2020, they're firmly in the sphere of deviance. And those boundaries are changing again now. The difference is that the change and the conversation behind it is playing out in public. So when you see this, the roiling stories around media right now, around the New York Times, printing uh, an outright fascist uh, opinion piece from Senator Cotton, and then holy hell breaks loose from the public, from their own staff. They pull the thing, apologize for it. The opinion editor uh, re- resigns, steps down, kick, gets thrown out. The media right now, we, we, were t- we spent the whole first part of this hour talking about Pittsburgh and uh, its its media. The fact is, is that, yeah, media would prefer to change uh, whatever in private, of course, but it's now changing before our eyes. So keep an eye on all of that. It's hugely, hugely important. And Barbara, thank you for for sending me um that. One more thing and I'll let you go. Of course you could have let me go long ago, I don't know. Elizabeth Warren, who sits on the Senate Armed Services Committee, has uh placed an amendment uh to the annual defense bill. That's where, you know, the military gets all his money. And uh she put an amendment in the uh bill uh to rename all our military bases that are named for Confederate generals. And she says it's long past due to end this tribute to white supremacy. Um, that'll set up, of course, an interesting thing, the fact that this is a Senate which the Republicans, uh, the neo-fascist party control, means um, I don't think her amendment is going to uh, prevail. But maybe Romney, maybe Murkowski. I don't know about the committee itself. I don't know if either of them are on it. You don't know. Pay attention. Stuff is happening every other minute, which is why it's hard that I won't talk to you again until next Monday because God knows, I say that every Thursday, God knows what will happen between now and then. You stay safe. Remember, the virus doesn't know we're in a green zone, okay? And it's still out there.
2: Thanks. Be safe.